Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is a very special episode dealing with some really difficult topics, including PTSD, mental health, and trauma, specifically about an experience that Joe went through at the end of his hospital stay when he suffered a stroke in August 2016. This is the first time that Joe has shared this full story in his own words. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Narrow Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. On, I feel pretty good about that. Neuro Nerds. Hey, Neuro Nerds. This is Felice. I am Joe's girlfriend. I am also his caregiver. I also edit the podcast that you're listening to and help Joe produce it. This is generally a pretty light podcast. Even though we talk about heavy issues, we try to approach brain injury and recovery uh, with humor and with nerdum because those are some great tools to get through this sort of trauma. And that's really, when it comes down to it, the brain injury is trauma. I'm a little emotional right now because I just finished editing Joe's part of this podcast. So I'm recording this after already listening to his part of the podcast where he's going to tell a little bit more serious of a story uh, about what happened to him when he was in the hospital, in the rehab part of his hospital stay, when he had his stroke in August 2016. I just wanted to give a little intro because, you know, normally I edit and I put in some fact checks and things like that, but that's not going to happen in this episode. I'm just going to let Joe talk. He has something really heavy and important on his mind that he wants to share. And I just want you to hear it from him in its uncut, just raw form. I will say that Joe now and then makes a note while he's talking that I'll fact check something for him. 
there's not really a lot to fact check. I mean, probably the only thing that he's going to say is that uh, when I left him in the hospital to go do some shows in Sacramento, that he was all alone. He wasn't completely alone. People were visiting him. He had a lot of friends and family that were visiting him. I didn't leave him alone. <laughs> but um, he did feel alone. And um, and I still wonder. I still wonder if I should have left him because maybe what happened wouldn't have happened if I had been there, which gives me a lot of guilt. Joe has shown a lot of bravery and resilience getting through this situation. And I hope that it can inspire others listening to this that have gone through trauma themselves and can help them get through it as well. I will say that if you have gone through some sort of trauma and do suffer from PTSD, do prepare yourself because this is a it's it was tough for me to listen to this um but i think that in the end it it can only help you know that you're not alone and if you ever need help and you need someone to talk to don't keep it inside find a friend talk to us about it it does help and um sometimes letting your story out is therapy in itself so Here's Joe's story. So welcome to a very somber episode of the Neuro Nerds and a very personal episode for myself. Um, I've been staring at this microphone for about a going on a half hour now sitting here and nervous, scared, (sighs) very uncomfortable. Um, But everybody who has listened to the show uh, at all or knows me at all. Everybody knows that I suffered a stroke August 4th, 2016, high blood pressure induced, erratic, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You've heard it a million times from me. What not everybody knows is that I also suffer from um, PTSD. So I've teased, I don't know, uh, the last, I guess, few months that I, I talk about the story. I've opened up a little bit more. And I've since it's the end of Mental Health Awareness Month, I thought it'd be, you know, perfect timing for me to actually just go down on record and talk about what exactly happens. Um, I talk about like the, the after effects, but nobody really knows in detail what actually happens. To be honest, neither do I, because I had a brain injury and I have short term memory loss. So a lot of this information is secondhand. And at some point I'll have Felice come in and she'll kind of fill in the gaps. but. Um, I'll share my story of what happened to me at the hospital. So I know it sounds so ominous, doesn't it? (sighs) So this will definitely be a much different episode than we're used to having, you know, even when I have, um, guests here that when, you know, Lauren's out gallivanting and being amazing halfway around the world, um, it's still reasonably light, you know, considering the subject matter. We talk a lot about brain injuries. We talk about depression. We talk about anxiety. We talk about all this stuff. But, you know, we always bring, bring it back uh, to, the, to the nerd. We always bring it back to the happy. We always bring it back to the positive. So this is, I hope I'll be able to do that. I don't know if I'm necessarily be able to bring it back to the, the nerdy. I'm sure I will. Um, 
this is this is very difficult for me. So I've been going to therapy now for the better part of two years, going on three, and this is not much easier to get out right now. Um, I've been avoiding it for a really long time, but it's necessary, you know, and I try to think of it as it's, yes, it's necessary for me because I need to do this. It's, it'll help me move forward, but it's also necessary for everybody out there. This journey I'm going on is much larger than myself. It's not just me. There's an entire community of people out there that are going through similar things or going through worse things. And, you know, I'd like to be a, a bit of a beacon of hope. I'd like to be a leader in this community and show that you can share, that you can be better, that you can grow and you can get past anything. No matter how difficult it is. And this is very difficult. Um, I, um, I try to be as transparent as possible for the most part, but, uh, when it comes to this, I've been very closed off. So I don't know how many of you out there, um, suffer from PTSD. I'm assuming it's a lot because, and, and I'm sure some diagnose some not because it's, it's trauma. Anybody who's had any kind of trauma after the drama, drama after the trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder so the i i difficult um i keep it pretty close to my chest i don't really talk about it a lot very few people know exactly you know what happened some some friends and family but you know not the masses i don't really i don't like i don't really like talking about this as you could tell very difficult for me um it's it's just a lot so the description I, I give some, somebody asked me once, they're like, well, well, PTA, well, okay, well, what does it feel like? It's like, it's like being really scared, right? It's kind of like when people say, well, neuro fatigue, you're just really tired, right? No, it's, it's completely different unless you've experienced it. You don't really understand it. The best description I think I can give is just picture that one moment in life that you just picture that one moment in life that scared you the most, whatever it is. A scary movie, car accident, um, something bad happening to a family member, a child, yourself, whatever gives you that pit of fear. If it's fear of heights, jumping out of an airplane, that feeling that you get in the pit of your stomach, just whatever the biggest fright you've ever had in your life that just shook you down to your soul, that feeling every day. For me, it's feeling that feeling several times a day, sometimes multiple times an hour. It's very difficult to explain. It's very difficult to live with. Sometimes it's almost impossible. But that's that's the disorder itself. Now, how did I get it? Um, so after my stroke, I was in the hospital and, uh, the, I don't remember, let's see, I think I started out in Glendale. I made my way to Valley Presbyterian and that's where I think I went through rehab. I believe again, a lot of this stuff will be back checked by, by, by Felice. And, um, again, this is just my, my memory, my memory. And from what I remember myself. And also the, the some some secondhand information, but I'll let you know exactly which 
pieces or which. Um, I was in the hospital for however long it was, and I just didn't want to be there. I don't know very many people that actually want to be in a hospital, specifically, you know, post-stroke or post-brain injury. Um, I know that uh, Felice had shows in Sacramento, and it was a big deal. We 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 needed that at the time, you know, for for us, and we needed it, you know, for for her career. Like it was it was a big deal. She couldn't cancel those shows, and even though I was in the hospital and there was a lot of crazy stuff going, I, there was no way that I was going to allow her to miss those shows. So I, you know, she she had to do it. <laughs> she was like, nope, I'm gonna stay. I'm like, nope, you got to go. This is bigger. You know, this is bigger than just me being, I'm just in a hospital. I mean, what's going to happen? Well, you'll find out soon enough. Um, so she went up to Sacramento and it was just me in the hospital. And it, I don't really remember a whole lot, you know, other than I think I called her all the time. I think I like just called nonstop <laughs> because I, I, I was alone. I wasn't alone, you know, but I was alone. Just felt very isolated. And all I wanted was, you know, my significant other there. And, you know, um, I sent her away. Of course I did. I would do it again. I absolutely would. Not because I didn't want her to be there, but I understood that, you know, her career, that's, it's, it was her career. I would do anything for it. I don't want to hinder that in any way. But I remember I had just had, I guess, I don't know what the time frame was, but I kind of had brain surgery. My um, brain was bleeding. Um, the blood in my brain made what it was. I don't, I, there was issues. So it had to be drained. They put a shunt in my head to get the blood out of my brain. So I had this little gnarly hole in my head. You know, I had to crack my skull. God, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's traumatic right there. Anyway, I wasn't sleeping and I was in a tremendous amount of pain. So, um, I, I don't remember how it worked out. I think Felice had to like call them and they talked to her out again. These are details that I don't recall, but they gave me um, something to help me sleep, like a sedative. It wasn't a sedative. It was a painkiller. So they gave me, I remember the first night, they gave, they asked me what my pain level was. And I said, at a 10, it's like a 15. It's like, I was in a tremendous amount of pain. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, here are these two Norcos, these two pills, Norco. It's narcotic. And I was like, oh, okay. I remember taking the pills and. I don't remember going to bed, but I went to bed. I remember when I woke up, I was panicked. I, I didn't like the way it made me feel. It made me feel, um, I felt like I was on drugs. I guess that's the best, best way to describe it. I didn't feel myself. I felt like it was memento. I didn't know where I was. I was trying to piece things together. It, obviously, I did that because, you know, I also had a stroke. I had a brain injury. But it was different. It was a different feeling. I, I remember vividly. <laughs> One of the, uh, sadly, all the good stuff, I don't remember how have a lot, but these horrific things won't go away. So I just remember I, I hated the way it made me feel. I, I, I didn't want it. And so the next night I was like, is there something else that you have? Because I, I hated the way that that made me feel. And they said, nope, this is what we got. We have Norco for you. And I was like, oh, okay. So then they're like, they said, what's your pain level? And I lied. It says about a one and a half. I was like, it's much better. I'm doing great. I was still in the same amount of pain. I just didn't want, I just didn't want to take those pills. So they gave me the same amount. They're like, Oh, okay. One and a half. Great. Here, take these two. 
to two bills. At some point, um, so this, this this is what's crazy. This it's this is what's weird. At some point, it's not weird. Um, I, I I just didn't want to be there. I, I I just wanted to go home. I wanted to I wanted to be with my girlfriend. I wanted to be in the comfort of my own four walls. You know. So at some point in in the night, I I was like I don't I don't want to be here anymore. And I I got up and I decided I'm I'm gonna go home. So I put on my sweatshirt and put on my sneakers and I decided I'm going to go home. It turns out this is three o'clock in the morning. I, I don't have any memory of time or anything. Just got up and left the room. And apparently I walked right past the nursing station and there was nobody at the nursing station, even though they're supposed to be. I don't know where I think I was going. I know I wanted to go home. I just didn't know where I was. I know I was wandering around the hospital for a while because I have flashes of certain spots in the hospital, you know? Um, at some point I wandered in and out of rooms because I have memories of going in and out of patients' rooms. One of the most vivid memories is it was like a heavy set Filipino cat and I walked in his room and he was like shirtless and he was like on his bed, like he was sleeping, you know? And I just remember there was like some religious thing playing on the television and I was in the room and I had the feeling I was in that room an uncomfortable amount of time because of the feeling that was just in the air of this dude just staring at me, like, kind of like, what, what, what are you doing in my room? Meanwhile, this is, this isn't too far after I had, you know, my, my brain thing, the shunt put in my head, my hair was longer. So it kind of looked like somebody took an ax to my head. Also, I hadn't walked in a couple of weeks, maybe something like that. So I'm like, my muscles were re- like, I, I hadn't walked. I had bright yellow bracelets on my wrist that said it was a fall risk because I, I hadn't walked. I've been in a bed for the better part of a month. So I wandered around the hospital, however long at some point, And this is where I don't remember. I don't have any memory of this. But the secondhand information, because the security guard apparently told the police, we'll get to that. Um, I got to security and apparently security asked me what my business in the hospital was. And I said, I don't have business here. So he said, oh, well, you got to go. And he. And he sent me out to the street. So I just, I left the hospital. I didn't leave the hospital. I was escorted out of the hospital. And what, what I, I wanted to go home. So I, I just, I started to walk home. Now I'm not very familiar with Van Nuys and the area that Valley Presbyterian is at. I'm, I'm not, I don't frequent that area. I don't spend a lot of time there. I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I was going home. That's what I knew. I was going home. I just walked. I just wanted to. I just wanted to go home. So I walked. Um, I remember it was really cold. I was very cold. And I was having trouble walking because I was in slippers. I had um, on a pair of Avengers slippers. Well, I guess there's the nerd that I fit in the show. I had a blue pair of slippers with the Captain America shield. 
they were my Avengers slippers. I was walking the streets, Van Nuys and these Avengers slippers. And, you know, I think I had, I think I was wearing jeans and a thin uh, sweatshirt and big hole in my head, walking the streets. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where I was going. I was looking for landmarks. I didn't recognize anything. I just knew to keep moving. It was just, it's just keep, keep going. I couldn't turn back because I was sent away. I, I was told to leave. So just kept walking. Just, it's time to go home. I just, I just, I just want to go home. I just wanted to go home. Um, so I walked and I walked and it was pitch black. It was really cold and I was having trouble walking because I hadn't walked in however long. I was exhausted. My legs were, I just had dead legs. I was dragging my feet. I just walked and I walked and I walked and I, I don't know where I was going. And I went from streets where there was like stores, I guess, and, you know, more, businesses i guess to more residential i think i went down a, a side street where there was like houses i think i felt safer i don't 100 percent remember i just know i walked and i walked and i walked and at a certain point i was so cold just so cold but i just had to keep on moving and i had my phone but i don't think like did I have I don't remember if I had my cell phone but even if I did have my cell phone I don't think it was working I just walked and I didn't have I didn't have anything I didn't have any money on me I didn't have any sense of direction I just knew I just had to keep on moving I kept on moving and at a certain point I just thought I I, I, I have to call I have to call you know I have to call police I have to call somebody I have to yeah, I'll make that happen. So I was looking for a payphone. And I, that was an ordeal because there aren't really any payphones in cities anymore. I remember there was two. I found two and neither of them worked. You know, one was broken and the other one was, I think there was just no phone there. And then um, at a certain point, I was asking people for help. And I, this part really pisses off police. It doesn't. It doesn't. I. I have I hold no ill will to them, but police holds lots of ill will. Um, I was asking people for help. But um clearly nobody, you know, nobody was really keen on helping somebody who looked like me at that hour um of the morning. So I I, I just I, I feel more bad for those people than I do myself sometimes, you know, I, I must ruin their night. I just, I look like a monster and I'm just coming asking, you know, even just walking up to somebody looking like that is, is a lot in itself. So I, I didn't get any help there. And then I just, I just knew I just had to keep on moving, just keep walking. At a certain point, I know I took off my slippers because it hurt to walk in them. So I was just walking around in my socks on the streets of Van Nuys like a homeless person, a homeless, insane person. 
that's why I say I, I don't I don't hold any ill will towards anybody who didn't help me at the time. Um, it's 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 fuzzy. I don't really know how long I was walking. I just figured I'm gonna get I'm gonna see something I know at some point. And I I just had one thought. I'm just just go home. I just want to go home. I just wanted to see my girlfriend. I just wanted a hug. I just I just wanted to feel safe. Want to go home, so I just kept walking, and I don't really have much memory of anything else. I think I kind of made up a story in my head that I called nine one one, and the ambulance showed up and talked to me, and then just let me alone. I clearly I, that none of that happened, but in my head, maybe it did. It's that's where things get like really fuzzy. But so here's where the the whatever happened happened around this area there's a uh, one vivid thing that i can't shake i have um if you ever picture like a dark room and then there's a flashlight pointing at something that one thing is so lit up but everything else is pitch black that's what this is for me i i remember an alley and I don't remember coming out of the alley or going into the alley, but I remember I have such a vivid memory of this alley. I know exactly what it looked like. I know what the concrete looked like leading up to it. I know the trash that was on either side of it. I know the bushes, how they were trimmed and how some were let go and how some were dead. I, I, So I don't know what happened. I just know when I have my freakouts, when I had my night terrors, that it's it's always that area. It's it's always that alley. But for the life of me, I don't know what happened. I just know I get that feeling. Of tremendous fear. I've tried to figure it out in therapy. Um, I've tried to piece it together myself. I, I haven't had any luck at all. Just, I just don't know what happened there. Um, I don't really remember much um, after that except... It started to get a little lighter, I guess. I don't know if I kept walking. I don't know what happened after that. But I remember seeing in the distance a Costco at some point. It was earlier, early, early-ish in the morning because it was kind of, the light was creeping in so I could see things better. I just, I was like, oh, I don't remember which one it was and I just walk towards it and at some point I was walking down a street I think it was around the Costco I don't remember if it was the front the back I don't remember at all but my sister had found me my sister was with a friend of hers and I just remember you know the car came and she came out she came out of the car in tears and it was like a dream to me 
like it, none of it felt real because I was, I was wandering for a few hours, you know, and, and I didn't know what to think. I literally was not in my right mind. I was hopped up on heavy narcotics and I just had a stroke recently and brain surgery. So it was hard to think. I just remember seeing her break down. I didn't really understand why she just, she asked, what was I doing? Why was I there? And I, I don't remember what I said in response. I don't remember. I just remember trying to, I don't think I cried. I was, it was, it was one of the happiest moments of my life. I know that, but I, I think even then I was trying to hold it together for my sister because she was breaking down. And I, I just remember just being completely confused. I don't really remember why or what is it just, it was all it was like a dream, but apparently I just walked around for hours. I don't know what happened came across that alley and I don't know what happened there. I just know when I had these night terrors, that's all I see. And it's not even just what I see. It's what I feel. It's the same feeling I get when I picture that area. So I vaguely remember going back to the hospital, I think. And there was like a bunch of people, a bunch of people there. It was like a search party for me. It's nice to know that, you know, I'm loved the way that I am. But I, I remember seeing a friend of mine, a really, really good friend of mine, and just confused. Not, not, not him so much, me. I was just trying to be as me as I could be. Because even, you know, on, on the verge of, on the verge of, of death in a hospital bed or being lost after, you know, brain surgery and a stroke, I still try to save face and I still try to be me. I still try to, I still present very well. And I, I remember just trying to be as, oh yeah, nonchalant and cool as possible, still not really understanding what happened. And I didn't really understand what happened until months and months and months later. So I became a little bit more co coherent, you know? So I was in the hospital I don't know how long after that they, they didn't want to admit me again because like once I left, they were like, Oh, well he left on his own free will. And so we can't readmit him. It was like this whole thing. So there, there are many more kickers to the story. I'll give a really, really quick gist. Um, why all of this kind of came up uh, and I felt like I needed to do this. The hospital itself recently um, did their own internal investigation. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, we did nothing wrong. And you were a hundred percent in your right mind when you did all this stuff. So we did nothing wrong. So that's it. And good day. So that was a lot. So apparently I was in my right mind less than a month after having a stroke and having brain surgery and being hopped up on every narcotics. I was in my right mind for sure. Cause that's, that makes sense. Um, so here's a real kicker. Okay. I, I, I was going home the next morning. I was being, um, I was going to be checked out of the hospital and go home. I was done. I was done. I, 
was going to be able to go home. But, you know, I was in my right mind, so I decided to leave then. Joe most certainly was not in his right mind. That hospital was dead wrong. And what he's referring to at the end there is that um, for the past couple of years, we've been trying to do something to get the hospital to at least admit their, their fault, at least give Joe some sort of closure and apologize for what they did. But instead, on all the documents they claim, and we didn't sign any of these documents because we do not agree, that Joe eloped from the hospital, that he just decided to leave. That is very, very, very untrue. And I had a glimmer of hope when I found out that we could put in a complaint with the Department of Public Health. And they actually went so far as to go this past year and investigate. And I was told that the conclusion of their investigation was that the hospital was not at fault because the hospital's records say it was not at fault. And I asked them, do you want to hear any eyewitness statements? Do you want to hear any of the evidence that we have? I have recordings of the security guards admitting what they did. They didn't want to hear any of it. So we're asking you guys, if you don't agree with Valley Press and think that what they did was highly, highly, highly negligent, just irresponsible to not have someone at the nursing station to have a security company that wouldn't check to see if he was a patient and look at the bands and the fall wristbands and the hospital band that were on his wrists and the wound on the top of his head that was still healing, healing. It had bandages on it. Not to mention, he was wearing slippers, Avengers slippers. Come on. If you think that that was negligent, and if you think that that was wrong, then please join us in fighting back. We will be tweeting. We will be posting anywhere we can that Valley Press was wrong. Valley Press has a Twitter. Their Twitter is VPH Cares at VPH Cares. We'll list it in the show notes. Tweet them. Tell them to admit their fault in tag Joe at Joe So Rocks. Valley Press, admit your fault. It was wrong for you to lose a stroke patient from your hospital because that's what you did. You lost him. He was not in his right mind. So if you could support Joe in that way, we would greatly appreciate it. We're going to start tweeting and posting about it as well. And hopefully we can get some closure because that's really mainly what Joe wants is closure. That's one of the hardest things about trauma. And in this case, most definitely is not getting closure so he can move on. We appreciate you guys. The NeuroNerds are always here to help. Now please help Joe. Thank you. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for a community and support? Well, the NeuroNerds are here to help. 
Join our hashtag Rock Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Rock to connect with other survivors like you. Plus, read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on Joe's blog at josorocks.com slash Rock. And submit your stories there as well. We want to hear them. And remember, you, you so rock. rock. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuronerds. Neuronerds. 